Happy Mother's Day and welcome to Animation Celery. Crunchy conversations about classic cartoons. I hope you bring lots of spaghetti. I'm Matsy. And I'm Micah. Typically, we give each other cartoons to watch, then we reconvene to review and discuss them. But to celebrate Mother's Day, we both watched the anime movie Wolf Children. We'll get to that later, uh, but first, as is our custom, we like to chat a bunch of nonsense. What's your deal, Matsy? I've been playing the new Pokemon Snap. Okay. Which is good, you know. It might be my favorite Pokemon. I don't really like the the turn-based combat very much, but going out and finding Pokemon and just taking mm. pictures of them, that's good times. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk... Is there anything worth saying about the Pokemon anime? Uh, well, it's been running about as long as The Simpsons. Actually, that's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a few years behind. I, I look into it once in a while, and it fools me. Mm-hmm. Um, see, what was before Sun and Moon? Uh, X and Y. Yeah, so uh, we watched a bunch of X and Y, and that series starts off really good. <laughs> and then it just drags. <laughs> like, it seems like it's uh, really interesting and it's going to break the norm. But man, then it it just, I guess they're too long. And uh, so I watched some of that and then I, we stepped back in for Sun and Moon, which was uh, uh, infamous for the change in the look of the show. Oh, yeah? It, yeah. Did you see that? That there? <laughs> no. Uh, Satoshi Ash Ketchum, he particularly, uh, suffers a lot. So Mm. people, people were comparing them and how stupid he looks. Everyone looks a little worse, I would say, right? All the characters that you already know. So, so, uh, Ash and Team Rocket and Pikachu, Mm. uh, there, there's a lot of funny comparisons to be seen about how, well, just off they look. Um, Mm. but some of the new characters look all right and and the show is all right i mean it, it just keeps humming along and you know i'm yeah. i'm i'm not the kind of thing that consumes the same thing for 25 years so yeah that's you put it that way it's kind of it's difficult to imagine somebody who has been just been watching pokemon nonstop maybe there are people in japan who you know, it's their soap opera that they always follow. But like, it's yeah. from a North American standpoint, it's hard to imagine somebody who's been watching a single cartoon for that long. I mean, The Simpsons has kind of died out. Mm. Um, the you know, even even the most popular cartoon of the last twenty years, which I would say is probably My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic. Hmm. A lot of people. Um, well, first of all, it only lasted ten years. And second, uh, a lot of people didn't even make it that long. <laughs> Only you say, though. <laughs> well, that, that's that's huge in cartoon. That's true. Yes, it is. Uh, well, like, so you haven't seen any Pokemon Sun or Moon, really, have, I? have you? Eh? No. I mean, all uh, I know about Sun and Moon, I kind of know from the video games. I know it's in the Alola region, which is based on the Polynesian Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I don't really know much. Well, I'll tell you one interesting thing. So, you know how, as we say, Pokemon's been on for decades, and it kind of reinvents itself all the time. And mm-hmm. the con- the continuity is kind of scrapped, right? Like, they don't tend to remember a lot of things. Like, I guess one of the few things that may- remains continuous is that occasionally you'll see is Charizard, right? <laughs> okay. 
However, uh, so Alola is a different region, right? And it's got all kinds of weird Pokemon, weird variations on ones you've seen before. Yes, that was new in that generation of Pokemon. With, with it? region specific, yeah, yeah, that was the first game where they introduced region-specific versions of new Pokemon, like a a Nine Tails that's an Ice type instead of a Fire type, or a Raichu that surfs on its tail. Right. Uh, what's what's the first land called? Uh, from the first games. Oh, jeez. Um, like I know it's the Indigo League, but it's got a different it was name. Never, I, as far as I know, it was never mentioned in the game, and hmm. it's just. In retrospect, like they they had to like oh um, this one's called the whatever region. I oh, did it, mm. didn't it doesn't it have like a real life Japanese uh, name like Kanto or something. I think it's Kanto. Kanto, it? that's it. Yes, Kanto. Yeah. That's exactly right. So uh, anyway, so the premise in Sun and Moon is that it's a school, right? And and, oh. and Ash is attending the school. Okay. Um, they're taking a field trip to Kanto to see the weird variations on stuff like uh, huh, like huh, Executor huh. and stuff, right? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes, but he also meets Misty and Brock. Okay. It's, it's Well, it's kind of a mind blow, right? You assume oh. that they had no, like, this is 20 years later and he, <laughs> he's reconnecting with the guys from season one. Yeah, okay, yeah, like... Is there a continuity there? Is he like... Yes, hey, yeah. It's Misty and Brock. Okay, it's not like they're just... Hi, I'm the rock <laughs> yeah. guy. Brock. Hello, stranger. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, well, of course, he probably doesn't sound like that. I don't remember, like, n- none of mm. the same voice actors work on it, but... Mm. Yeah. But that was really interesting, actually. That that sounds interesting, like, the to go back after all that time. I like that reversal, like, the idea that the normal... The Alolan forms of the Pokemon are normal for the people of Alola. Yeah. And they're like, why does this Exeggutor have such a small neck? Yeah. He's like, so fat. Can... What's the deal? <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty neat. I, I don't know. It's it, it's weird. Like I said, I, I, I doubt I'm ever going to go hard into a series again. But uh, every time I do look into what's going on in Pokemon right now, I'm usually pleasantly surprised, but I can't be in it for the long haul. Yeah, okay. As far as cartoons that I have some input into, uh, I was laying in bed the other night, and I suddenly remembered a cartoon that I watched a couple of years ago that I thought was quite good. Mm. And I feel like I should mention it. It's an Australian cartoon called The Strange Chores. Huh. The Strange Chores is about these three kids, uh, Charlie and Pierce, who are two boys, probably roughly 13. And... Charlie intends to be a monster hunter. Pierce is his kind of hapless buddy who's sort of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And Charlie is learning under the old, almost completely retired monster hunter, Helsing. <laughs> okay. And the third kid in this group is a ghost girl named Q who lives in Helsing's house. And huh. the idea of the show is that their apprenticeship as monster hunters is doing chores around the house and they are strange chores. Um, okay. You know, related to monster hunting. Sure. Cleaning like, out ectoplasm and stuff and whatever, um, right? Sort of. Yeah. Like, and all the episode titles are, you know, wash the car, uh, clean the toilet. Um, but then occasionally there'll be like, you know, stop the slime monster um, things like that. And it's all this 
you know, it's weird supernatural stuff. Mm. Um, it's <laughs> it looks a little bit like OKKO. OK Let's be heroes, but not a, a little more cleaned up. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and it's definitely a cartoon of this era for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like the way Q looks. I like that she's just cut off. Well, as I say, I like that, you know, like the idea of the ghost in the sheet that her hair kind of has that edge to it. Yeah, there's an episode where she's she's kind of lamenting that she wasn't able to scare somebody. And so mm. she's like thinking of maybe trying out a sheet again. <laughs> um, that episode is actually the clean the toilet episode. And the deal there is that um, the episode starts with them having caught a monster and Charlie proud of himself for doing a good job is too lazy to go to the archive room and store the monster there. So he decides Hmm. to flush it down the toilet. But of course the monster bursts out and is now stuck in the toilet. And it's a weird music monster that sings that it Hmm. needs to be fed. I guess sort of like little shop. All right. Um, And so the basic idea is him uh, staying in the bathroom, trying to shut up this creature and you know, Helsing is trying to figure out why all the pipes in the house are going haywire. Q wants to get into the bathroom because that's where the linen closet is because she wants a sheet. Mm-hmm. And Pierce really needs to pee. Okay. That's kind of where that uh, episode kicks off from. But um, I think it's a it's a cool it's a cool little show. It has some really good humor. There's a little girl I don't remember her name, but she's like. There's a sequence where she shows up and they're like, hey, Matilda, or whatever her name is, like, hey, Matilda. And, she's, and she just answers going like, what? It's like, mm. you know, there's a monster out there. And she goes, oh. like, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like this really cute. I don't know. It's, it's a cool little show. It's worth watching. It's, it's only one season. I actually checked to see if there was a second one since the last time I watched it. And mm-hmm. no, but um, it's a neat little show that's worth checking out if you need something to watch. Yeah, I'll check it out. Looks pretty neat. What do you got? Uh, well, I guess, uh, remember last time I was talking about uh, John Stevenson is having that, uh, <laughs> that yeah. it was like kind of the voice of my childhood, sort of. Right. So, yeah, and I, I you know, I came up with like uh, uh, Dr. Benton Quest, which is not the voice of either of our childhoods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like a hundred voices on Scooby-Doo. Lots sure. of the monsters, lots of the monsters, tons yeah. of them. Every- everything that groans, you know, is him. But I yeah. think of him as like, uh, ah, do you remember Alpha Trion from Transformers? Like the, the oh, mustachioed wow. guide and, and yeah, the, the ancestor of Optimus Prime, the maker of Optimus Prime, I should say. Alpha Trion, gosh, that name sounds really familiar. It's not the Quintessons. Um, no. It's not, huh, I, I know the name. I can almost picture the character. Well, you already know that this guy sounds like Mr. Slate, yeah. So Okay. Yeah. Um Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, yeah, I know that voice for sure. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you can just imagine him in Scooby Doo, right? Yeah, I I can imagine him in lots of things, yeah. Like that voice. Oh, yeah. It's like you said, voice of the childhood. It's like, oh yeah, he's in every cartoon. I don't know that I could name every character, but it's just when you're watching a cartoon, that's gonna show up. Well, that's, that's the reason why I had a hard time, like, naming stuff is because I wanted, like, that that particular voice, that, like, signature him, I think, right? Because he's, he's also a Thundercracker. He's a whole bunch of Autobot minicars. Mm. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that had bugged me a lot. I couldn't think of any good examples for him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, as, as for things that are going on, um, uh, you know what uh, VTubers are? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I've been hard on this dog girl named Corone. Oh, I might have seen some memes of her. Yeah, she's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like a VTuber, so that's... Um, that's somebody who has like a, a, a virtual appearance, right? So, uh, there's like a computer animated cute girl face that is mapped to her movements. Yeah. Right? Like where there would be, where there would be like a webcam you yes. know, image of the YouTuber sitting in their, their gamer chair and talking instead. It's just a motion capture hamburger or something <laughs> yeah, or, or, or or velociraptor or whatever yeah 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 in this case a cute dog girl yeah i guess the, she's got memes aplenty uh she's pretty popular but uh she she's hilarious um <laughs> it's worth looking up her stuff like she she plays video games but uh you know she also like chats with her with her listeners as well um mm-hmm. uh one of her more popular things like like even if you don't speak Japanese, there's plenty of people who have translated her uh, her segments, and mm-hmm. some of the some of them she does in English too. Even though she'll say like, uh, <laughs> she, one of her famous ones, she's playing Mario, and she prefaces, you know, I'm doing this in English, but I'm not good at English, and <laughs> so that one's especially funny because it's uh, like her grasping for things to say in English while she's playing, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> she'll go like, uh, oh, and also like her interpretations of things as best she can in English, right? So like, uh, yeah. there's one point she's like, uh, uh, walking turtle, uh, walking Mario, walking <laughs> dog, walking commentator. <laughs> or like her it's inter- nice that she, like, she kind of knows, like she's not, you know, yeah. it's not making fun of it. It's like, she knows this is not working, but I'm going to do it anyway and lean no, into it. But she's pretty good. It's funny, like, there's the level of her interpretation of Mario, uh, the first Mario graphics, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's uh, um, a fireball stick, you know, that rotate around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she calls it the long meatball chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, or just you know, weird things. She's, when she saw a uh, a paratroopa, that's the the uh, uh, the turtle with wings. Yeah, she called it an angel turtle. Okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, and and but you know, so all that stuff is cute, but she's legitimately funny anyway, too, though. Good. Yeah, and, and like, th- there's lots of really funny stuff to watch her play. Like she, she played uh, uh, Doom sixty four. <laughs> and then she played then she played the Doom remake as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it gets to be a bit of a rabbit hole where like yeah, I, I'm I I, I'm watching this this dog play nonsense and be sarcastic and stuff. But Yeah, I feel like I if this is the person I'm thinking of, there was a uh meme of her going around on YouTube briefly of mm-hmm. her saying Ikumbokum from uh, Banjo Kazooie. I haven't caught that one. She's she's especially famous. Uh, I don't. I can't remember what the game it is, but at the end uh, it was like reviewing the enemies in the game, mm-hmm. and one of them's name is like it's either pronounced Exposito or Exposito. 
Okay. But she improvised and said X potato. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it, it's like the thing her fans want her to say now. <laughs> say the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um there's there's a whole bunch of them, but I so far I found she's the funniest by far. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um apart from that, uh you know, I kind of bounce around between series. I guess it's <laughs> I anti-binge. I just kind of oh. dabble here and there. Um so I've been watching a series called Chunibyo. It's actually got a longer name, but that's that's fine enough. Chunibyo. Um, the premise is the best thing about the series, All and right. uh, that's it centers around a character who, uh, well, Chunibyo first off is like a syndrome. The idea that as you go from uh, elementary school to junior high, you're still kind of a child, and you mm. still have like an overactive imagination. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, he's in going uh, to high school, he's, he's gone to one outside of his neighborhood so that he can escape his past of being an edgelord where, uh, <laughs> he, he called himself the dark flame master <laughs> and he wore this cool guy coat and, uh, like a bandage on his arm and pretended that he like harnessed the powers of darkness and carried a toy sword. <laughs> so he wants, he wants to like leave that part of his uh, life behind. Okay. But as he's like, he's, he's in his like apartment and he, uh, uh, he's on the balcony, like kind of saying goodbye to the character as himself, you know, going like, uh, you know, uh, talking about his, his dark fate and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, his upstairs neighbor is a girl who's totally like him and overhears him and then becomes fixated on the idea that he is this character. (laughs) And so won't leave him alone in school while she herself is like, uh, uh, like the, uh, dark Lord Shingen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like she wears a, <laughs> she wears an eye patch to cover, uh, a, a golden contact <laughs> on one of her eyes. That's like the, <laughs> the unlocking of her powers. <laughs> yeah. And so like from her perspective, uh, when she's arguing with her sister, it becomes this incredible, uh, incredible magic, like RPG fight, right? <laughs> when in fact, what she's doing in real life is like waving her compact umbrella at her. But <laughs> yeah, the the premise is better than anything in the show. The show is all right. Um, mm-hmm. I can totally relate, though. It's <laughs> sure. like we met in high school, right? And yeah. um, uh, I was doing all kinds of nutty things at the time, like like maybe they weren't even apparent, but mm. I would. I would do things like I, I I had like a collection of weird totems. <laughs> Did so, you? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I found a bird bone one time on the pavement and I kept it, you know, for for its potential powers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Or, or I had like a a watch face that I would balance on my fingertip. Hmm. <laughs> weird. Like weird little details that I don't remember. Well, I guess I didn't like broadcast it. You know, like I'm casting my spells now. But I kind of did, too. We also didn't hang around a lot. Um, Mostly, like, after school, extracurricular, you know, gaming sessions with our friends. Ah, yeah. In the day-to-day of being in high school, we rarely... I'm not even sure we went to the same high school. Because I don't remember seeing you outside of, like, after school stuff. Yeah, we might not have. 
Um, I went to. So I okay, I did too. So we were in the same. School. We were. We were. We're one year apart too, though. So yes, that's true. Yeah, you might not actually have been at that school for half the time I was there. Right. Right. Anyway, it's got some resonance <laughs> for yeah. for me, this uh, goofy cartoon. But, you yeah. know, this sounds a lot like a Netflix series uh, that my friend Sam, my friend Sam uh, recommended this show to me. It's, on, and it's a cartoon on Netflix called 12 Forever. Oh, okay. And um, it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying, where it's... Oh, I know this one. I've watched some of this one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's this girl named, I think her name is Regan. Mm. Um, and she's just turned 12 and she and her friend have this island called, oh, what is it? Endless mm -hmm. that right. they go to. And they're heroes on this island with all these imaginary friends where she is 12. Like that's her character name. And, um, mm -hmm. and she doesn't want to give this up despite the fact that you know the 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 series starts with her having a birthday and she's getting all this mature stuff like, mm. you know she's expecting all kinds of like fun toys and things and her mom is like giving her all this stuff to prepare for womanhood mm -hmm. um and she's just not having it she's like no i want to be a kid and over the course of the series like it's her trying to stay you know this carefree imaginative youth mm -hmm. While her friends, like, late in the series, her guy friend, whose name escapes me, but has the same voice of Pit from Kid Icarus in current Nintendo games. Okay. Oh, and also the little wiener in uh, She-Ra, the Princesses of Power, uh, Kyle. <laughs> okay. And he starts to, he, he, you can see that he's kind of growing out of it, where he's starting to notice this girl, and he's, like, getting kind of tired of this idea of playing around on this island. Hmm. Um... So, yeah, it's a very similar idea. It's like she's, you know, she's not ready to give up her edgelord status. She's being dragged, kicking, mm. and screaming out of it while the friends around her and everybody else is sort of growing into it. Unfortunately, it was not renewed for a second season, which yeah. saddens me greatly because I, the way that the last, like, I don't know, third of that series went in a really interesting direction. And I was really looking forward to seeing what a 13 forever would have been like. Hmm. It's got a similar energy to, um, uh, star. Yes. Yes. Um, I guess it's, it's similar to star. If nobody else knows that Muni exists. Sure. Well, I mean, I mean like, the the humor and like the menagerie of characters in oh, uh, yeah. the endless and yeah pretty yeah similar. the star star is largely about her maturity her maturing which is yeah. you know like she's you know she's just this freewheeling imaginative girl who has magical powers all of a sudden and she has to learn how to like get some responsibility as the future ruler of Muni this is a similar thing where it's just you know stop being a kid. Yeah, I watched some of that. I, I don't I don't recall well I mean there's probably no good reason why I stopped. Uh probably just started watching some other things and forgot about it, but uh mm. yeah, worth going back to probably. I think so, yeah. Like I said, there's only ever gonna be one season and there's there's something interesting about her character. Like I don't I don't know that you want me to spoil it, but like no, there's, no. Yeah. there's another there's another aspect to her 
creeping into puberty that hmm. shows up. Hmm. Um, that was like, I was like, oh, I really want to see where this goes. And then they ended the series. Hmm. Oh, well. But um, I don't know. Maturity, growing into maturity. Um, I guess I don't have a good segue, but hey, Wolf Children. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Wolf Children is the movie we watched this week. Um, so, this is a 2012 movie directed by Mamoru Hosoda. So, uh, in it, Hana is a university student and she lives alone and has no immediate family. And one day, she notices an attractive man attending the same lectures as her, but he's not part of the class. She offers to share her textbook with him, and as they spend time together, they become close. It's then that the man reveals to her that he is a werewolf, and the last of his kind. He has been keeping his supernatural side a secret while working in the city. Hana accepts him, and they begin living together. She becomes pregnant and has a home birth to a daughter, Yuki, named after the snow that was falling that day. Yuki is the story's narrator. A year later, she has a second child, Ame, a boy named after the rain. The couple becomes separated early in the movie, leaving Hana to raise two children that have inherited their father's werewolf abilities. She drops out of college and does her best to raise the two despite the challenges that come with them and the burden of secrecy, and her dwindling savings. As the children grow, Yuki and Ame themselves have to figure out how they fit in the world. Hana, in turn, must grapple with the uncertainty of how to raise two children, uh, what amount of them can be part of the human world, and how much she can let them go to their wolfish natures. So, first up, let's talk about how this movie looks. How do you feel, mm-hmm. Natsy? Um, I like I like the look of it. Um, mm-hmm. I I like I like the animation style of it. Um, mm-hmm. The backgrounds, a lot of them seem to be computer generated, which is a, a sort of a <laughs> it's an interesting little contrast of it's like it's almost like paper cutouts on a photo background, sort of almost. Hmm. You say a lot of them. Um. Uh, well, maybe not all of them, but like there, there were several points where I was like, um, like a, a shot very early on where she's walking through the city and there's like a bus in the background and some bikes in the foreground and somebody's taking a bike and moving it. Uh, it's like okay. Every inanimate object in that scene to me looked. CG. Oh yeah. Yeah. The cars. Yeah. That's just a, yeah. And the bikes too. The like the, sure, just the way the sure. bikes were moving around. Sure. Um, but it's, it's like, it's a cool, it's a good look. It's. Mm. I know it's not the same, or at least I don't think it's the same, but it reminded me of things like, uh, what's a recent one? Ponyo. Mm-hmm. Um, like that kind of like modern, I guess, you know, I don't know a lot about the trends of Japanese animation, but mm-hmm. I guess, you know, there's, you can see styles change over the years. And I guess this is in the current anime style. Mm. I... I like some of the some of the computer stuff or stuff that I perceive to be computer right. seems a little rough. Like it, there's a shot that I'm thinking specifically of here where um Hana has fallen and she's holding onto a root mm-hmm. and the root looks like it's 
it's it's flat. It's not like a three dimensional computer sculpture, but it looks like it was generated in computer, and right. it kind of bends in a weird way that doesn't quite look right. Mm. But for the most part, a lot of this movie is really beautiful. Like mm-hmm. the the nature, the the way the characters move. Um, it's it's really well done. Like I don't have any complaints about the look. It's not. It doesn't have the fantastic detail of a. Um, oh gosh, what's the what's that anime director? You know the guy Miyazaki. You're thinking of Miyazaki. Yeah, it doesn't have like the the beautiful detail of a Miyazaki, but it works really. It it looks great for what it is. Well, not the sort of detail, right? But I mean, like, I think it's, it's really detailed. Like, this is a world that really seems to be lived in to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, most most high quality anime like this is really detailed. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's on that. You have to grade on a curve, right? Like, oh, yeah. There's like the default, which is more detailed than anything a North American studio would do. Mm. And then there's like, crazy like um i I don't know uh howl's moving castle or something right right it's just like fantastic amounts of stuff going on like there's a movie i don't remember what the movie is maybe it was maybe it's metropolis Mm -hmm. um where there's there's a shot of this guy and he's he opens up a book to read it yeah and then this one page falls back and he has to reach and put the page back where it was oh yeah yeah there was no reason to animate that, but they did anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that, man, I, I love that kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, uh, aside trying to talk about a different movie again, um, uh, I was watching when Marnie was there, and like little things. Uh, there was like um, uh, the character is remembering this woman, right? And she's eating potato chips, mm-hmm. and uh, the first one. She like puts in her mouth and then like the flip of her tongue conveys the rest of it into her mouth. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then she eats the next potato chip in a different way. <laughs> it's like, mm. and they're, they're yeah. both very realistic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, like this is sort of a golden age uh, for anime movies. Cause this is kind of like the standard for when, it, when it comes to family uh, cinema quality animation. It's yeah. A lot of stuff that kind of looks like, but this, this director is fantastic. Hmm. What else has he done? Oh, um, so do you remember, uh, have you seen the Digimon movie? No. No. Oh, well, he, <laughs> uh, as a director, he uh, got his chops there. He did uh, the first Digimon. Well, it was released in theaters. It's not that long, but it's kind of like the first Digimon thing, right? Okay. Um kind of the proof of concept that leads to a series. Okay. All right. And then he made a Digimon movie called war game. Right. (laughs) It's kind of weird. So if you can think of what Digimon characters look like, they have huge hands. Yeah. But his characters have tiny hands. So that's right. They do. I'm just thinking like, I'm thinking about specific shots in wolf children. Yeah. Where she's, where Hannah's sewing. And I remember noticing as she's like realizing that someone's not around or whatever. And I'm just looking like, wow, she's got tiny, tiny little like non-detailed hands. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny to go, that you worked on a Digimon property like that. uh, (laughs) That It's funny. They got tiny hands in these movies. Uh, but, uh, so he's made some really good movies. Um, 
uh, he made Summer Wars, okay. which is just like... That's funny. I mentioned that he made a war game for Digimon. It's like, mm. he really liked that plot, so he just made it without the Digimon. <laughs> Except, sort of, it still does have the Digimon, because this guy is a furry. Oh, okay. If you couldn't, oh. tell, if you couldn't tell about this movie, right? Well, I couldn't assume. No, you couldn't assume, but he, he made another movie called Boy and the Beast, about right. uh, a boy who gets uh, adopted by a bear. All right. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, so he... he We'll talk a little more about his other movies, I guess, later on. But uh, okay. yeah, he's a he's a, a a pretty quality director. Yeah, like you can tell. Like this is this is high quality stuff. Mm. What do you think about about the various wolf forms of the characters? Um, I didn't. I I just accepted it. Like mm. you know, I like. I think. Hmm. I, my instinct was to say they matured pretty fast. Well, they they stayed... A lot of this film is them in the first year, when Yuki yeah. is five and Ame is four. And then it kind of accelerates pretty quickly through the years. Yeah. And they seem to mature, like, by the time they're 10 and 11, mm-hmm. like, Ame is, like, a full-grown man, almost. Like, mm-hmm. there's a sequence where he's carrying Hana's body over his yeah. shoulder. I'd say body as if she's dead. That's not. Um, and then yeah. Yuki, you know, at 11 years old, she has full curves and a chest. Mm. Now, it is pointed out that by 10 years old, wolves are adults. Right. So I I guess there's a part of that in. I, I don't think it's out of the scope, though, of, of their age. Like, mm. uh, you know, a uh, She's about to enter junior high, and yeah. and um, Hana's small too. I mean, think of what she looks like next to her husband. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, your your question was about the wolf forms. Um, yeah, yeah. They basically have they basically go through two forms, which is puppy and uh, full grown wolf. Um, because there's a there's a sequence in there's a a, a period in there where they've, you know, when they're kids, they're like, whatever, we're, we can turn into wolves. So we will, cause we're kids and we do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once the understanding comes into him, it's like, no, keep this a secret. Yeah. And then they don't do it as much. Yeah. And then there's the part where, where they're, you know, in their quote unquote adult forms where Ame is like a wolf fairly frequently. Yeah. Um, and Yuki is absolutely not. So you don't really see, a lot of variety in their wolf forms. Um, I think I, I think there's only one sequence I can think of in the adult state where you see Yuki as a wolf. Yeah. I well, think I think after, after she goes past puppy mode, she is never a wolf again until that one part. Right. I was thinking like as, as wolves, they have like allusions to their human selves, like their hair, for example. Yeah. But then they have kind of like a more monstrous sort of, you know, like where that yeah. dissolves a little more. And then they're, yeah, whenever they're more bestial, they have. They, they have they kind of a like, mane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't question it. Like, mm. I, th- I mean, you got to give them some personality, right? Right, right. Like, because think about, like, there's a fox named Sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just looks like a fox. Right. Like. Like, if you just made them look like wolves, mm. they wouldn't be distinct. Okay. 
Actually, I guess uh, that could lead into us talking about the sound because you uh, listened to it on the dub, right? Yes. Yeah, I watched the sub, but I've seen the, the dub before. I, I recall the dub pretty good. Yeah, um, the voice acting was fine. I One thing that I look at in anime mm. is I have a little bit of voiceover training, and mm. there's a concept called ADR, which is basically dubbing. Yeah. And the when most animation is done, it started with a voice track. And then animators use that voice track to animate in time with it. Mm-hmm. And there can be little touch-ups later after the animation is done. But for the most part, it starts with the voice and animates that. When you have something like this, where it's already been animated and you have to put voice on top of it. Mm-hmm. If you listen to some dubbed anime, um, it can sound really awkward. Like the things can sound really rushed or stilted, like like multiple sentences <laughs> can run on because right. the animation is of, you know... Sailor Moon talking nonstop for like several seconds. And she only has, you know, she has two sentences to say, but her mouth doesn't stop moving. So they have Mm. to put both of those sentences in one thing. Uh, I can only think of one point in this whole movie where I noticed uh, an awkward bit of voice acting transition like that. Well, it's, it's an, it's an art, right? I mean, it's more than translation. It's localization. You gotta, Yeah. You, you don't do a direct translation, but you do things that capture the spirit and well, roughly fit within the time you have to say it. Yeah, and this was well done. Like, I mm. I didn't think about it. Like, I, I did not think about the fact that this was dubbed, um, except for that one point where I went, huh, that was a little... And I didn't even think of it, think down on it at that point. I was just like, oh, caught him. Right. But other than that, like, I was actually really impressed. Like, the voice acting really fits well in this. It's one of the... And they've gotten better at this as a lot of, you know, as as Disney has started doing the Studio uh, Ghibli um, anime uh, uh, movies, where yeah. they've put a lot of effort into the localization of it and the dubbing of it. Um, so things that have are made or are, are, are retooled for a North American audience nowadays are generally done pretty well, mm. um, unless it's some weird you know, like a TV series that they got to do a whole bunch of real quick. But for a movie like this, they, there's a trend recently of taking their time, translating it well. Um, and the voice acting works and sounds natural. And I think that works really well in this. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it is, uh, it's on point. Like it's in the spirit of the show. They don't have to deviate really. No. I was thinking like, yeah, like her, her phrase to avoid shape changing is a tongue twister, but it doesn't matter. They still keep it in the right spirit. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That would have been a totally different phrase in Japanese. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the idea that, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a little chant that sounds, uh, you know, it sounds perfectly fine, but in, in English and in Japanese to be a fun little chant, it can't have been just a direct translation of those English words. It has to yeah. be, it had to be its own thing and vice versa. Which just goes to how well localized it is. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so I was, I was thinking about the music, right? Like, I love this movie, but it'd been a little while since I'd watched it, and mm-hmm. I thought the the music was all right, right? It was perfectly serviceable, and then I watched it again. It's like, oh, this music is really good. It's, it's pleasant. Good, yeah, it's thrilling when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought one thing is the music does more heavy lifting than some other movies because uh, there's quite a few montages that have no other sound to them. You know, those big passages of time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, quality, quality stuff from the music department there, yes. I don't really know what to add to that. I, well, it's, right. it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, if you're not noticing it, it's probably right. doing its job well. Like mm-hmm. you're just wrapped up in the emotion of it. Yeah. Like I got, I got wrapped up in the feel of this movie. I wasn't like thinking technically. It's like, oh, that's a good musical passage there. Right. Like, right. Because the fact that I'm not thinking, that's dumb music. <laughs> like that's yeah. prob- that means if I'm thinking oh, this is so heartbreaking and not, mm-hmm. oh, this music sucks, means that the music is doing its job. Right. Perfectly serviceable. So I guess yes. we, we, can, we can get into the, like, the meat of it then, with the actual, like, the story beats, I guess without giving too many hard spoilers. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I kind of like in there is that you can draw allegories to real life in this, but I mm-hmm. don't think it's like a direct metaphor which I find a little ham-fisted when that's done, you know? Yes. So, like, this is really a movie about raising werewolves, but you can extrapolate things to real life. It's, like, I found myself thinking that a couple of times. Like, it, I was thinking, like, what is this? I was trying to catch myself. I was like, this is a movie about raising wolf children, which is not relatable. And then I had to go, well, wait a minute. What is this actually a metaphor for? And then Mm -hmm. I kept going, well, maybe it's not a metaphor for anything. And the fact that it's not, you know, ham-fisted like that. At the very basic level, this is a single mother of two special needs children. Mm -hmm. And the specific special needs are unique from what we as humans are used to. But it's the basic idea. But it's also just this fun fantasy of like, you know, this is not, I guess what this is, it's an extreme version of children finding their own path. Yeah. Like, you know, cause like you think about, I'm thinking about me and my, my two siblings, like, you know, my brother got into, he found his calling i guess in business like he's a pretty Mm. successful banker and has his own business and um my sister you know she she works in in insurance or whatever i'm i'm in retail Mm. and it's like but i also like i have my creative outlets like i did a web comic for a while and i i'm doing this podcast now um which none of my other siblings do Mm -hmm. and so at a basic level, it's like that idea of here's some children and this is an extreme version of it, but these children have paths that they know that they want to take and they're finding it and they're going on it. And it's their mother helping or dealing with that. Right. Right. And her not, you know, having any of the answers. I mean, in her case, she has no family to ask and she definitely has no uh, werewolves to consult. Yeah, there's a there's a sequence early on where uh, Yuki eats a silica packet, and yeah. in, in um, a somewhat amusing sequence of uh, Hano running down the street and stopping and looking on one corner, there's a pediatrician, and the the, uh, the, uh, the and on the other corner there's a vet. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, where, where do I go? And she ends up calling both on the telephone to get advice over the phone. <laughs> That's one of those convenient streets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you, you know, that part really touches me in this. Like, there's, uh, uh, 
thinking of like how she has to keep this secret, right? So, yeah. like I said, you can extract your own real life things where maybe you have to hide something because you're poor or there's illegality or, you know, whatever shortcomings you're not proud of. Mm-hmm. Like that, that really hit when, you know, she, she has no answers for the, um, uh, for like the rental community or for, for child services. Yeah. That's another one of those, another one of those, um, parallels where on the one hand she has her landlady telling her, we don't allow pets here. She's like, I don't have pets. And on the other hand, she has child services saying, Hey, your children haven't been vaccinated or aren't going to school or anything. And she's like, it's like, just, you know, leave us alone. And she's like kind of stuck between pets and children. Hmm. That's kind of like challenges. Yeah, that's that's from the outset they set that up for her that she has a, an outlook that no matter how tough things get she'll always be positive. And yes, uh, that's true. Yes, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like that's where her name they established that that's where her name Hannah comes from. Yeah, and like I guess you can kind of look at it that way where you think you put it yourself in her perspective, right? And she's just kind of. You know, she's not going to school anymore and her, she's running out of savings, but she just keeps going. You know, she keeps finding new answers. Mm-hmm. One of the neat things in there, uh, there's uh, some country folk in here that become the family she no longer had. Yeah. Yeah, one in particular, uh, old Nirosaki, this farmer, uh, becomes a sort of father figure to her in the thing. Sort. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I really like him in this. He's 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 one of these he's a gruff character who does good for the main character but never destroys his character by softening. Hmm. You know, it's not like he, you know, one day he gets this gift and like, you know, he, you know, there's some story about <laughs> his daughter or whatever that all comes flooding back and is the reason why he's been such a hard ass all this time. It's like, no, he's just right. a hard ass. Right, but a kind guy. But yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's a pretty kind guy, but he never, his character never changes just because there's some revelation about him. So, you know, one thing, like, this is a long movie. This is two hours almost. Yeah. Um, and movies like this, one thing I like is that though it doesn't meander, but it doesn't go in conventional routes, right? Like it doesn't set up, this is the problem. You know, and then we're going to solve it by the end. Yeah. Like it, it's got a fair amount of depth to it in that regard, right? It's sort of a, it, it's not, it's not a start to finish story per se. It's more a chronicle of the things that happen. And it does have a finish. Like there is a climax to it where the paths of the two children eventually sort of come to a head. Um, but it really is just like looking in on the lives of these three people um, mm. as they get to that point where they finally are comfortable. Hmm. I think a lot of people say bittersweet when they think about how they feel about this movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it is a very touching movie. Like I was thinking as I was watching it, um, so it was my, you know, I, I sort of mentioned we should be more cognizant of special events 
and do themed episodes accordingly. And I mentioned specifically Mother's Day is coming up. We should do a Mother's Day thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you uh, mentioned this. Like, oh, yeah. Do you recognize this movie? And I was like, okay, fine. We'll watch this. And you knocked it out of the park. Like, what a fantastic motherhood movie. Yeah. Like, I can't. I don't know that I could have come up with something better motherhood themed than this, because this is all about a mother. And I was thinking a few times, I am not a parent, mm -hmm. but it's a weird thing. One of the best pieces of parenthood advice that I ever, I, I don't want to say got, because it wasn't directly given to me, but that I ever absorbed okay, is from an unlikely source a reality TV show called The Baby Borrowers. Okay. And it's the idea is there's this young couples who are either pregnant or thinking about having a child, mm -hmm. uh, basically borrowing babies from other couples. And it's oh, like, man. you know, it's a reality thing of like, okay, you want to be young parents? Well, here, we're going to give you the chance to be a parent. How do you deal with it? And... I, this is not a show that I watched, um, mm -hmm. but I happened to flash across one episode once and one of the, like, I think like the young couple wanted to go out and do something. And so they were like trying to figure out a babysitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the, the parents, because on this show, they take some safety into account and the parents are able to watch the video footage of what's going on and can mm -hmm. intervene when they wanted to. And so at this point, the actual parents were like, okay, this is, we're uncomfortable with this. We have to step in. And they stepped in and they gave something that I think is fantastic parenting advice, which is, it's no longer about you. Mm -hmm. That one sentence sums up parenthood. Like just once you have a child, the child and the welfare of that child is priority number one. And any, all your whims going on hold and i think that's true yeah i think i think that uh uh a lot of people do it in that order right they have the child and then the child makes them focus in right it, the child really makes them mature yeah and and that's like watching this movie and just seeing the lengths that hannah went to and just never giving up and you know part of it is that positive that endless positive attitude that it has established that she had Mm. But also just this idea of, like, she knows she has these two children that are depending on her. And she is not going to give up on anything because, because it's not about her. Like, these children need her. And everything she does is for the children, for her children in this movie. Mm. And it's just fantastic. Like, that's, it's such a wonderful motherhood story a parenthood mm. story in general. It just so happens to be a mother, but like just terrific. Like that's what this movie is about. It's, it's mm. about from her perspective. I mean, it's, it's about different things for the children and for her, but for her, it's about being a mother and yeah, yeah. for being a movie about being a mother. Like this is perfect. Well, great. Good movie. I think, uh, from like sum up the kind of thoughts we have of the movie. I think, um, this is overlooked. Oh yeah, I'd never heard of it. Lots, of and it's a shame. Not. Yeah, I th there's. I think people have uh, Studio Ghibli blinders on. Yeah. Uh, in terms of yeah, and won't even give this a chance. But 
all of Hosoda's movies that I've seen, at least, I haven't seen Mirai, which came out a few years ago, but uh, are pretty fantastic. And I, I recommend, I think this is my favorite of his, um, okay. but I recommend watching any of them. Summer Wars, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Um, God, there's one I'm forgetting, but, uh, oh, Boy and the Beast. Mm. Yeah. All worth checking out, whether you just like family movies or you're a furry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, I agree. Like, this this is the only one of his movies that I've seen, but Mm. I, it was long. Like, you know, I was, I was expecting 90 minutes and I got 120. Yeah. And there are long passages where not much happens. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, like it is really touching. Um, Mm. A great movie about being a parent, um, about kids like coming into their own. I would, I'd really recommend this movie. I think this is a, 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 a great, great movie to watch anytime. Just be ready for the emotional weight of it. It's no Grave of the Fireflies, but it's, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. There's some gut punches. <laughs> there are, yeah. Like, I was... Mm. There was a point... Like, it's one of those things where, like, when I see good things happening, and I'm like, okay, something really tragic is... Like, there's a sequence where they're happily frolicking in the snow. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a question, then. Uh, so this is, like, a family movie... But uh, what age should watch this? Uh, for me, like th- there's some sexuality in this. They don't skirt around it. Um, a little, yeah. Yeah, I I would say this is the kind of thing that if you're an adult and you like, you know, animated movies, watch it and then de- determine whether or not your kids would like it. What do you think? Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think it's long and slow enough that a very young child might get bored with it. Mm. But then again, maybe I'm underestimating um, how emotionally attached a young child will become to these characters. Mm. I can imagine that there is a threshold under which it won't be able to hold a child's interest. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is more sort of a uh, young teen kind of movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. Yeah. So in the end, terrific movie a terrific motherhood movie specifically and now we get to talk about what we're doing next week yeah we're gonna do some more animated shorts i picked two i was thinking back on what we've done so far and i noticed that there were at least two glaring holes in what we have covered Mm -hmm. one we've never covered popeye ah We've okay. discussed Popeye, but we've never how, actually reviewed a Popeye movie. Or and how much film. we love Popeye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's give ourselves an opportunity to talk about Popeye. Uh, I want you to watch Popeye the Sailor meets Alibaba's 40 Thieves. Oh, okay. Now, this is 17 minutes long. That's fine. So it's not a short short, but it's Popeye, and I'm sure you're not going to... You know, you're not going to be sad about watching three times as much Popeye as you were expecting. No, there's 40 thieves for him to twister punch. (laughs) (laughs) 
five at a time, if I recall correctly. <laughs> oh, well, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, the other hole is we haven't done any Disney. Hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead and watch How to Play Baseball. Uh, okay. Starring Goofy. Goofy in his everyman phase. Goofy, every Goofy, yeah. I, I already know something about I, I want to save some discussion for next time. So, yeah. Uh, goofy in How to Play Baseball. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, I got some hot ones for you. Um, huh? A couple Warner Brothers cartoons from the 1950s. Okay. Their titles are Feed the Kitty and Kiss Me Cat. Hmm, I see a theme. Hmm, and you don't recognize which these are, huh? Not off the top of my head. Kiss Me Kitty sounds like a Pepe Le Pew. Feed Me Kitty and Kiss Me Cat. Kiss Me Cat. Okay, so Kiss Me Cat sounds like a Pepe Le Pew. Feed Me well, Kitty. Hmm. That sounds like it might be a Sylvester and Tweety. I guess I'll find out. Indeed. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our special Mother's Day edition. Uh, if you enjoyed it, share it with others. Uh, make sure that everybody knows about Animation Celery, because that's how these things grow. And give us your feedback. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ACMatsy. And you can find me, Micah, on Twitter at DrabSwatch on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, all right, kids, get out your Dakota rings. It's the Celery Stalker's slogan. I'm gonna be a little girl all the way home. 